0: So our reading is from Matthew chapter 11, and you can find it on page 977 of the Red Church Bibles. So that's page 977, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Great, thanks Yasmin for reading for us. (coughs) Well, just as I begin, to want to say uh, farewell (coughs) to Lonnike, I'm not sure where leaves this afternoon, back to the Netherlands, Um, so we say goodbye to you. Um, Thanks for getting involved and for helping with all sorts of things, I mean, part of the different groups here. It's been great to have you involved. And also very welcome uh, to those of you who are visiting today. It's great to see some folk from Kenya who are visiting, and you're very welcome. And if you've come from elsewhere, or um, you're viewing online, or you are watching later, you are very welcome. Yasmin read from Matthew chapter 11, And if you can keep that open, that would be helpful so you can follow through and uh, see what's there. So that's on page 977 if you're using the Bibles in the seats. Let's pray as we begin. Father in heaven, as we look at your word, we pray that you will speak to us. We pray that as we hear your word, that it will bring light to our hearts and rest to our souls. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come to Jesus and he will give you rest. Come. Come to Jesus, and he will give you rest. Jesus, speaking to crowds of people, called all who are worn out by work and feeling fatigued all who are weighed down by heavy loads, to come to him promising that he will give them rest. That elusive inner restoration that so many of us crave. The shalom, peace, the harmony, the tranquility that God offers in his covenant of promised rest. Jesus isn't electioneering. There isn't a, an election campaign going on. He's not like one of those removed politicians making wine with people, burdened. All you who are enslaved, indentured, in service or under contract or obligation. All you who are overstretched, overworked, overlooked. Who are under-resourced, underappreciated or undervalued you who are weighed down or worn down, if you're trampled down or if you've been turned down, if you're stressed or oppressed, if you're de-stressed or depressed, if you've been singled out or cast out, if you're worn out or burnt out, come to Jesus and he will give you rest. That is one huge statement to make. Jesus making this massive claim to power and authority and influence. I mean, could anyone actually deliver on this? And you know, Jesus' invitation isn't like your internet provider who says you've got unlimited data, but then there's the limit of the fair usage policy. No, here there is no hint of a limit to the invitation or to the outcome. There's no limit to the amount of weariness or burden. So come if you've a little and come if you've a lot. There's no age limit, lower or upper. There's no limit to the amount of people included in this invitation. All you who are. And there's no limit to the number of times or the frequency that the weary and burdened can come. The people that Jesus originally said this to were living in a very oppressive environment. Foreign Roman forces ruled and that brought all sorts of pressures, abuses of power, Heightened tensions in society and paramilitary activism. Then there were also pressures from within. The powerful religious elite, they had added to God's commands. And they were teaching as doctrines the commands of people. Bringing oppressive restrictions with severe punishments. Later in chapter 23 of of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus speaks of these teachers of the law and the Pharisees as tying up heavy loads, cumbersome loads, and putting them on people's shoulders, but not willing to lift a finger to help or move them. It must have been exhausting in that society. You couldn't move. You couldn't breathe without double-thinking everything and how your actions might be read or or misread by the powers that be or the the local morality police. We see an episode of that in the very next chapter as Jesus' disciples pluck a few ears of corn on the Sabbath. Maybe you know some of that weight and weariness. We live in an increasingly oppressive society. A society that prides itself on openness and inclusion, but in practice it seems to cancel and silence those who don't agree with the loudest voices. You have to double-think your words and your ways. And if you don't comply and affirm, you're in danger of being outed and judged by the morality police. But there's also the pressure... For us to perform. To prove ourselves. Maybe with your peers in school. Or in sports or on social media. In work as a boss. Or as an employee. Or at home as the ideal spouse. Or parent. Or child. And what about the pressure to make the best choice. And find the perfect path for your future. One misstep And there's always someone there to kick you when you're down. Everywhere we look, people are weary and burdened, harassed and helpless and unsure where to turn. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Sound too good to be true? What about the people you know? As you think about your friends and colleagues and family, the people you know who are worn out and weary and burdened, I mean, how would it go down with them to suggest that they come to Jesus for rest? Many of them prefer to turn anywhere else other than to Jesus or to God or what they might call religion. Religion. And what about when you're feeling worn out and weary and burdened? What's your go-to remedy? What's your list of options? And is Jesus on that list? I mean, does coming to Jesus seem less of a blessing and more of a burden? Does it seem like maybe that's part of the problem rather than the solution? It goes maybe Jesus can't be trusted. Or maybe he's just not able. Or maybe we're missing something. Or perhaps you think Jesus' offer is a bit like the offers that, that show up on your feed or arrive in your inbox or get dropped through your letterbox. Special offer, unmissable. There's got to be some terms and conditions. What's in this small print? Come to Jesus and he will give you rest. Secondly, follow Jesus and you will find rest for your souls. Well, verse 28 sounds very simple. It's uncomplicated, and it's it's fairly straightforward. But by the time you reach verse 29, maybe that's where you start to get a bit suspicious. There's definitely a bit more activity in verse 29. What's all this about taking on a yoke and and learning from Jesus? Well, I've asked Philip to help me with the next bit. Where are you, Philip? If you could come come on up. Um, I'm going to show you sort of three different possibilities of what it might look like to take on the yoke that Jesus offers. So um, ready and pause and okay, go. Hey, Philip, uh, I've got something for you, um, something for you to carry. Hang on a minute. If you could just place that up there, if you could hold that. There There we go. And on your way. So it is not like that. Okay, here's the second option. Yeah, leave that where it is for now. Up on your shoulders. Yeah, there we go. Okay, we practice this um, just by text. Okay, ready and go. Okay. Hey, Philip, um, I've got something for you to carry. Hang on a minute. Let me take that. There we go. There we go. Now, excellent. On you go. And it's not like that. The way Jesus describes it, it's more like this. Hey, Philip, um, I've got something for you to carry. Hang on a minute. Uh, yeah, let me take that. go. There we go. Excellent. Thanks. There we go. It's more like that and as we'll see, a bit more like this. A yoke. We use that word lots in Ireland, but a yoke was a wooden beam usually placed over two work animals, maybe oxen or cattle, for pulling a cart or ploughing a field or something like that. A yoke, though, was often used as a symbol for oppression or slavery. But it was also used to refer to a disciple or a student learning from their master. And that's the way Jesus is using it here. He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn his teachings and his path. Now, was Jesus telling his first listeners to throw off the yoke of of the old testament law and maybe he was later in acts chapter 15 peter refers to the jewish law and circumcision as a yoke that neither they nor their ancestors were able to bear but actually here in matthew's gospel a few chapters earlier chapter 5 jesus had added weight to the law he had raised its standards significantly And he stated that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the religious elite, the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you certainly will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And nor does it seem that taking on Jesus' yoke and learning from him would be a smooth ride. Just in the previous chapter, he told his followers that they were being sent like sheep among wolves. And he spoke of persecution. Persecution. And soon, chapter 16, Jesus will say that those who want to be his disciples must take up their cross ready for execution and follow him. Sounds like things are getting worse, not better. But there are a few more things to notice about what Jesus is saying. Firstly, it's not like people were starting off with nothing like Philip's first trip across the stage here. They were already burdened, yoked to Rome as the ruling forces, to their religion and to religious customs. Jesus wasn't offering a weight where there had been no weight before. He was offering an alternative to the weight that they were already carrying. Not one that was uncomfortable and awkward, but we see in verse 30, one that is easy and light, nicely fitting, comfortable. Next, Jesus contrasts himself with other masters and teachers. He's not forceful or rough. He's not overbearing, but he's gentle and humble in heart. Though he is Lord of all, he's not lording it over all. But he's taking the role of a servant. Here was Jesus, the promised Messiah, on a mission to take away the sin of the world. Earlier in this chapter 11, John the Baptist, who was now in prison, had sent messengers to ask Jesus if he was the one who was to come, or should they expect someone else? And in Jesus' reply in verse 5, his words echo the words of a prophecy of Isaiah that Jesus had read out at the start of his ministry where he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was already in the business of lifting burdens and restoring the weary and oppressed. Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. And in a short while, Jesus would show the full extent of his humility. Instead of demanding his rights as the Son of God, he would lay down his life on the cross. Jesus says, come to me because he has come to us. He says, take my yoke of discipleship on you because I'm going to take the yoke of your sins punishment on me. Those Pharisees, they won't lift a finger to help. I'm going to lift my two hands. My whole body will be lifted up to show how committed I am to providing you with rest. I'm fulfilling the high standard of the law for you, and then I'll suffer its consequences as I take the heaviest burden on myself so that you can walk free in Sabbath rest. And maybe this is the burden that you've been carrying, the weight of knowing that unseen maybe to others, you're not so good, not deep down. There's a barrier, a a blockage between you and God. Something's just not right. Maybe you long to come to God, but, but you don't feel you can, or you don't feel you're worthy. Jesus lifts that burden. Jesus has taken our punishment on himself so that we can walk free. He opened the way to the Father by taking on the burden of our sin. And when we confess our sin to him, We're fully forgiven. And then we are clothed with Jesus' goodness. That's God's grace. That's his undeserved kindness and generosity to us. When we deserve the opposite. Come to Jesus today and with this burden. And he will give you rest. I wonder, what's your taskmaster? What are you living for and and working towards? Whose yoke are you shouldering? What master are you currently serving? And what's their character? What are they teaching you? You see, Jesus doesn't just remove the weight of a burden of sin, but he gives a completely different value system. He gives us a new path for our lives. A few chapters earlier, Jesus had said said that instead of having to toil and work with hardship as if everything depended on you to provide for family and your future, he says, don't worry, trust your heavenly father. Prioritize his kingdom, his teaching, his ways, and trust God for your daily necessities. And how easy it is for us to be distracted from Jesus' values by the louder values all around us. For eternal spiritual realities that we see in Scripture to be clouded out by the visible temporary things around us. Now it's worth acknowledging there are Restful practices that we can introduce to our lives and restorative rhythms that may be helpful for us to introduce into our own Lifestyle whether that's walks out in nature Positive interactions with people or reducing our screen time. I mean you probably have a longer list than that You know some things that are good to do. The options are many and varied But even though they're worth considering and maybe taking on the effect of those will be temporary without this rest that Jesus offers. Now, I'm well aware that taking on Jesus' yoke may not seem like the solution you've been looking for. But Jesus, who is gentle and humble, has promised. And so a degree of trust is required from us. I don't know if you remember back when Ireland introduced chicken sausages. I remember the ad campaign and it went something like this, your stomach will thank you for ignoring your brain. If you were brought up on pork sausages, that was the only sausage you could ever have. And then someone thought, what about chicken sausages? But the whole point of it was, it mightn't seem right here and now, but push through with this idea and you'll be rewarded. When you take on Jesus' yoke to learn from him, Your soul will thank you for pushing through with this. And you know, this isn't a a stand-alone message or a detached offer. This isn't an isolated invitation, but it's what God's word consistently says. Come all who are thirsty. Whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst again. Come, follow me. Cast all your cares on him, because he cares for you. Come, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. As we hear God's word, it places us at a crossroads. So will I move in the direction God's word is pointing, or will I keep going my own way? You know, God had previously offered this sort of rest to his people, but they didn't want it. Not his way, not on his terms. And as the prophet Jeremiah gave word to the people about the consequences of not staying in God's covenant, the people covered their ears so they couldn't hear. We read these words, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls, but you said, we won't walk in it. We will not listen. And so as you hear this message today, I wonder which path are you choosing? This is the narrow way that Jesus had spoken of. This is building on solid rock rather than unstable sand. And as you're listening, if you sort of sense this is right, if you know there's something in this, it's likely that God the Father is revealing his truth to you, to your heart. Don't ignore it. Don't put it off. Jesus said in the verses just above, he said that the Father has hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children, the dependent and the vulnerable. And to ignore the invitation to be Jesus' disciple is to choose to rely on your own wisdom and experience and on the wise and learned people around us. That is the broad way that Jesus says leads to destruction, where there will be no rest for the soul for all eternity. So how do you come to Jesus? Jesus. How do you take his yoke and learn from him? It starts with coming just as you are. Like bringing whatever weight or weariness you've got ready for a swap. Bring the concerns and the pressures. The ones that burden you and weigh you down and say, I've had enough. I need another way to do life because this way isn't working. I need your way, Jesus. Here's what I've got. My weariness, my burdens, and I come to you for rest. Pray it to him. Hold on to the offer and the promise that comes with it and hold him to it. He has promised this. And if you're already his disciple, this what we're doing here today is part of taking on his yoke, gathering with his people and listening to his teaching, encouraging each other and sharing each other's lives, even bearing each other's burdens. And there are groups that meet within the church to encourage each other in learning the ways of Jesus and exchanging our daily worries for his yoke of lighter things. You can talk to any of us if you'd like to be part of one of those groups. Taking on Jesus' yoke is prioritizing time each day through the week to press pause and engage with the antidote to the pressures around us, spending time with Jesus in his word. And I know that everyone's time isn't equal, I know that. It takes planning, but there are multiple options available to us. As well as a physical Bible, we have the Bible online and Bible apps. Reading and listening plans. There's audio Bibles and podcasts. There are helpful videos and Christian streaming services. The technology is all there. We need to plan and just allocate some time. For some, there will be reading good Christian books or audio books. And from time to time here we recommend someone in the bookshop across here, there's there's a few that you could look at. Taking on Jesus' yoke, it's a deliberate daily choice. And walking his path with others encourages us to keep going. Are you weary and burdened? Come to Jesus. Do you know someone else who's weary and burdened? Bring them to Jesus. Introduce them to him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light in a moment we're going to sing a song that speaks in simplicity I suppose of us coming to Jesus but before we sing that I'm going to ask Aubrey to play through a a verse and chorus of that And as he does, how about taking a minute just now as we're thinking about this to think through the week ahead. To think through where you go to look for rest and consider Jesus' offer and his promise. Maybe take a minute to consider what steps that you will take in this coming week to take on his yoke and learn from him. And maybe share this with someone and ask them to keep you accountable. So as we think about those things, Aubrey's just going to play us through and then we'll stand to sing in a moment.